Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Long Run Podcast is sponsored by Skechers. Hello, everybody. It's seven o'clock. It's Friday night. It is time for the long run show live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 rounds running community and our generous sponsors, Sketches. I'm Ian Wilkerson. And tonight, our main topic of conversation is well, you've done your marathon. So, what do you do now? Hopefully, we'll come up with a few answers. And if we don't come up with the answers that you're looking for, please drop us a question. You can put it in the comments if you're on uh, Facebook or on. Um, YouTube, you're watching live, and then we will do the best to answer your inquiries. So um, Sabrina's here. Hello. Um, Alan's here, fresh from his London Marathon. He's still got, he's got his medal on. He's, that T-shirt's not been washed. I thought that was There's the There's a rules. mark around his neck where that medal's been for the last six days. It's the rules. Um, you'll, so um, you'll notice that there is a glaring omission. Chris Ford's not here today because it's his daughter's birthday. So he's having a wonderful time. So rather rather than spend his time with a load of juveniles that um, can't behave themselves, you know, play up and things like that, he's decided to go to his daughter's birthday party instead. So we, um, we've we got to try and be on our best behaviour, but it's a bit like having a supply teacher in. So uh, we're flying by the seat of our pants, really. So we'll see how we get on. Um, Sabrina, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I am... Um... It feels like I was just saying, it feels like I haven't been here for ages, but I think it's because you guys, we did the um, the course special, didn't we, when the guys were meant to be at Nevis. Um, and then I've been on holiday. So I've been uh, sunning myself in Abu Dhabi and now I'm back. Oh, God. Well, I saw that we were doing quite well in the Emirates, in the charts, and now we've gone back down again. So that must be because you've come home. Yeah, I think I downloaded a few episodes whilst I was there, sat on the beach. Yeah, you got us in the top 10. You've not been to China by any chance, have you? Because we were number four in China this week for the running charts. It must be about a gazillion listeners, you know, that get that eye up in there. But we were were pretty impressed by that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah, big time. How are we doing in Mongolia? That is big time, well, yeah, yeah, China is a bit pretty bigger than Mongolia. You know, Mongolia is mostly desert, isn't it? Yeah, but whereas China's people, it's the most populous country in the world. I'm surprised they're allowed to play us over there, if I'm honest. Oh well, we don't want to get too political, do we? Because uh, if we start talking like that, then they won't get us there anymore. Right. They'll cut us down, and we won't be able to do it. A um, couple more um, things before we start. Um, we've still got um, discount available at Start Fitness, ten percent. Yeah. You log into that and you can still get your tickets to the National Money Show in January, which we will be, fingers crossed when it's all sorted, we will be uh, bringing this live on yeah. stage, physically, 3D, there. Life. Yes, so you can come and watch us and talk to us. Like we're real you people. can see, hear and smell. Oh, smell, eh? Yeah. 
Yeah, smell the vodka. Experience it's going to be. Sell it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bit. So we'll have to see how we get on there. So, um, so Sabrina, you'll um, we'll talk about this because well, we've obviously London Marathon went this week, but um, there's a big half marathon in London this week. It's the Royal Parks, and you are in action. Yeah, can't wait. Um, funny actually, Royal Parks has been on my list for a while. I think when I when I first started running, I kind of we're so lucky that we're just outside London, aren't we? And I kind of had four four runs in my head that I like, I need to do these ones. So London Marathon, which I was obviously lucky enough to do last year, um, the big half, uh, landmarks, and then Royal Parks, I feel like is the last one of the the big four uh, London ones. So I'm really excited. I was just, um, I was out in Regent's Park last week and it was lovely just to run somewhere new that I haven't been, you don't know the, well, I have been to Regent's Park, but I've not run it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just Really excited to run a different route, somewhere I haven't run a race before, um, and get back out with some friends. So, yeah, I'm excited. Now, Al, have you done Royal Parks? Because I haven't. I'm 2019, so I haven't had any recent experience as a runner. But I think this year is actually quite a big year for Royal Parks because last year wasn't – I think if you go back a couple of years, they had a – a disaster because of the weather, much about mm. torrential rain for three days leading up to the race. And people, you know, I remember just literally couldn't get to the start because they were clogged down with mud. Um, mm. But last year, they just seemed to have little niggles all the way through. So I remember there was big issues at the start of the race. You know, first, it was probably, you know, still quite early on after COVID. And we were still kind of in, you know, that period, not knowing how these big races were going to happen. And I remember people just getting held in the pens for what felt like hours without yeah. any explanation. And there was problems with the toilets. Uh, you know, the provision wasn't big enough. And then at the end, there was a fiasco about the T-shirts. And the, we had a big um, army of volunteers at Royal Parks last year um, working on the finish line. And, and there was issues about the T-shirts where um, – there were gender specific, so you could order your male T-shirt. But when you got there on the day as a volley, you were not allowed to ask the, res- uh, the racers whether they wanted a male or female. So people just picked up the first T-shirt. By the time the later runners came in, there was only small female T-shirts. I remember that causing difficulties for the volley team because they didn't have an answer and they weren't mm. particularly well briefed. And they were the point of so they're the ones who got the, uh, got, they had the a neck morning that day. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why we didn't really get him back out to volley this year because so many people had a bad experience on that. But, you know, it's a new what race. About it as a, what about it as a run? You know, you can compare it to sort of like the big half and uh, landmarks. How would you sort of like... Yeah, it's, it's a big race. Down? So if you like big races, I think it ticks a load of boxes. You know, itself is pretty fantastic running through the London box. You know, this year with everything that's gone on with the, the World Jubilee and then, you know, the, the passing of the Queen, being in London probably will make it special again. Um, but it's down to the organisers, isn't it? If, if you mess it up by not getting bag drops sorted or if you mess it up by not having enough toilets, that's unfortunately what people remember because it's all part of that experience. So that's why I say it's it's quite an important one, I think, for, for Royal Parks this year to kind of get it right. So hopefully they're on it and uh, can nail it. For everyone that is signed up and ready to rock. Tobe, you going? You can't nod, mate. People can't hear you. It's a podcast. audio a medium, mate. You have to I'm speak. Sure Facebook's right. Uh, I will be there, yes. Um, to be honest, I haven't looked at anything about it, so I'm, I'm, I'm relying on Sabrina, Sabrina mainly, um, to let me know what's actually going on and where I'm meant to be at what time. This is a very blasé attitude, if I may say so myself, Toby. If you, if you have useful people around you that look after you, it's all right, isn't it? So you delegate? It's not even delegation, really. I think they know. It's just behaviour. Toby will get a message tomorrow afternoon letting him know where he needs to be and what time he needs to pick everyone up. And no doubt it'd be too Sabs, are you ever Are you ever tempted just to put him away? You know, just to sort of like leave him in the lurch or something like that and just sort of like this will teach you not to take charge of your own affairs, you know, relying on me all the time. Or is it not in your nature? No, because it's... No. I thought about it and thought, no. 
it would, I think it would give me more anxiety. I'd rather just tell him exactly what he needs to do, when and where. To be fair, they have tried in the past letting me choose times to leave and things oh. like that. And then all I get is messages going, so what time are you leaving? And for one reason or another, I won't reply. So um, I'll just then get told off. So, so I think they've learned the lesson. Yeah. Toby, when you give him a decision, it goes horribly wrong. It's like we, we went, oh, Toby, you're driving. You can decide whichever park run we go to. And then the day before, after hassling him for four days and he hadn't given us an answer, we ended up doing a bit of a roulette thing, like picking a number online related to one of the 50 nearest to our, to our house. That is a top tip, though, park run roulette. Where did we 20 close to you, use an online thing. A group of my mates, they do a similar thing with football matches. They get up at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. They get all the football matches in the thing, and then they bung them in a hat. They pick one out, and that's the one they go to. So they could sort of, like, pick out Hartlepool or somewhere, and then they'll just go to Hartlepool and watch the game in the afternoon. So you could do that with a park run. You know, you get them all in a box and then just sort of, like, select one that you wanted and then just go. Not a bad idea. Lottery. (laughs) Park run lottery. We've started a new thing. There we go. I'm sure somebody can pick that up and run with it. That would be uh, great. I'm talking about picking it up and running with it. You know, it's not just uh, Royal Pups. We've got a bit of a posse going to uh, the Windy City this week. Hayden yeah. of this parish, Hayden Harbour. He is not content with doing um, one major this in the last couple of weeks. He, you know, he did Berlin the other day, smashed that. And uh, now him and Lou, his uh, good lady, have gone to the Windy City and they're doing this cargo marathon on Sunday morning, I know Helen Tavers again. There's a few others as well in there, Al. Do you know who else is Yeah, there? I've, I've been kind of checking through Facebook, and I'll try and give out as many shouts as I can. Apologies if I've managed to miss you, but we've talked about Hayden and Louisa. Good luck. Helen's already out there. Josh Southend, Posse, he's going. The machine that is Lee Ramsey is on his way oh, out to Chicago. Charlie ran up Snowden with us. Um, we've had Charlie on the show, yeah. Yeah, we've got Bradley Singer, Darren Galt, Marissa did the, is doing the double, I think, with Berlin, um, Sonia Lee and Louise Taylor. So they, that's about wow, a dozen. quite a few then. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're turning the Windy City pink for a few hours. And again, apologies if I, if you are out there listening. It's because my Facebook admin's not the best. So it's down to the algorithm. Yeah, but yeah. So, yeah it's, you know, we're doing our best out. on this. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that it looks a cracking race, you know, it's always... You know, one of those big ones in it, you know, it'd be lovely to tick it off, wouldn't it? Just before kind of Berlin kind of mopped up the world records with the fast the races. Um mm. well, the women's record, the girl the girl who beat Paula Radcliffe's record, that was at Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's the British record from winning Chicago. So if you get that wind behind you, who knows what time you can go. <laughs> so it's like it's all a tailwind for the guys out there at the weekend. I haven't checked the weather forecast, but uh, uh Fingers crossed, they get a decent, decent crack at it. it certainly helped. Yeah, on. And they are, yeah, because they're up at the crack of dawn. I think that Aiden was saying, you know, they've got to be there at sort of five in the morning or something. Yeah. yeah, these American yeah, races well, start really early, don't they? You know, and and it is all those little things that can just throw you off. And practice, you've gone out at nine o'clock on a Sunday for eighteen weeks. Then Saturday, what time do I have breakfast? If I have to be in the corral at five thirty. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then and for your body clock, that's half past eleven at night. You're six hours behind. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's all those factors that people are battling with. Should be so. rolling out of the pub. Well, that's one way of doing it. You know, and I know a few that have probably done it that way. Yeah, do that. Succeeded. But, but for anyone here on track, them, I think they start half one UK time. So. If you're on the app and you want to have a look at them. Yeah, so it's good for us. It's a bit like when they have a World Cup and they sort of like play at a stupid time so that we can watch it on the telly. Yeah. You know, so it's it's great for us. So we can just see how they get on in the afternoon. But obviously they're up at the crack of dawn. But Hayden's been barraging us with uh, text message and WhatsApps for the last few days. And I've been looking at it and thinking, God, he's sending this at 11 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock in the morning in Chicago. What's he doing? So he's obviously getting well acclimatised. So we wish everybody the best of luck with that. And um, the other thing I just wanted to touch upon, something else that seems pretty exciting, is the news um, about the Paris Olympics this week, Al. Yes. So if you have, I am now in training for the Paris Olympics 2024. That sounds ridiculous, but it is actually the truth. I have to explain. 
So there was an announcement today that it will be the first time that an Olympic race will be held concurrently with a mass participation marathon. So gold medalist will start Paris 2024 along with the rest of us. So I think there's 20,000 spaces being made. Um, you can register your interest uh, via a, a number of different apps that's, again, by the Paris Olympic Committee. Why we understand the ballot. So you can't just pay your money and pick your name out. You have to earn your spot. Um, the details are a little bit sketchy at the moment. Uh, the two apps I've registered with have immediately asked me to connect my Garmin. So it looks like you kind of earn loyalty points through the next 12 to 18 months. And if you hit a certain threshold, it looks like your name kind of goes forward. So I think there's two come out, but it will be a unique event because it's four. So somewhere down the track, Someone's winning gold, silver and bronze. The rest of us will be plodding along just to try and get to the finish line. But it, you will be competing in an Olympic event. I'd say that at my age. I thought that had passed me by. So I'm quite excited, as you can possibly tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we wish you all the best of luck with that, folks. You know, if you have a look on the uh, – I think the, I saw some details on the Olympics website. There was some stuff out there where I think, Al, wasn't there, the main uh, – Paris 2024. There's plenty of stuff about if you Google that. Yeah. And then uh, that'll point you in the right direction. Um, yeah, we really shouldn't be advertising. It's just reducing our chances like anything. We should be keeping quiet about it. So well, yeah, I know. But no, but I, us, I like the spread of love. I, you know, I, I'm just as welcome if other people get these opportunities to do these fabulous things, you know. Yeah. It'd be great for them. It'd be good that if we can uh, have some stuff. So, Oh, out, good to see Alan's broadband is behaving. Yeah, we're not doing too bad. We've moved right, into it? different rooms. This is my third attempt at finding some decent broadband. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let's hope it all holds together. Have we had any? Um, have we had any questions or um, observations from the crowd? Yeah, who's doing that now? Or am I jumping to? You're going quiet. I've got one. So James Henderson. I think to train for now. So I don't know if that means you've just smashed out a London marathon or a Berlin marathon or, you know, one of the halves that's been kicking around. Should I stick to easy miles or is it beneficial to stick to goal pace and speed? Next marathon is probably in May. So sounds like he's been training hard. This is um, a good thing that sort of like take us into the sort of like the next stage of the show, isn't it? So do you, do you just want to pick up on that, Al? What do you think? Yeah. So if like many of us, you have, James, just smashed out a, a key race and it doesn't really matter whether you you know you had a time or you, you didn't achieve it or whatever we're all in that situation where we need to recover so un unless you are Hayden or myself doing back-to-back -back marathons there is definitely benefit from just swapping out and doing something a bit different um, and that can take a number of different things you know you, you kind of I think partly answered your own question in terms of do I do I refer to you know a bit of a plan that's more ticking over? Um, certainly, if you're running a marathon in May, you don't really need to kind of start thinking about a training plan till early next year. So you've got three or four months to to, to do something different. Um, that something different could be targeting different distances. So quite often during marathon training, for me, the one thing that goes out the window is my pace so i'm plodding around park run for the fun of it not trying to smash out anything too insane because i know the following day i've probably got a 10 a 12 a 20 miler to, to cope with so for me next couple of months when i'm out of marathon season just looking for a different distance where i can train slightly differently and that way you know if you've got a different target for a 5k or 10k then you can do more focus on the, the pace and the speed work um, and, and again, it doesn't even have to be around race, you know, quite often just giving yourself a different challenge, whether that's, you know, stepping away from running and doing a bit more cycling. I know Toby loves to kind of cross train with his swimming, uh, Chris on his bike outside of marathon season. There's different other ways of just keeping that general level of fitness. But I think the key thing is, is you've got to take some time to recover. 
and and I tend to look at it as kind of like reverse tapering. So we'd have talked, we'd have spoken about the importance of tapering the run up to marathon season. Flip it on its head, take it nice and easy to start and slowly build to whatever your goals and objectives are going to be for your for your next key set of of training, whatever that is. So, um, if we sort of like move on now to sort of like this sort of like links into what we were talking about that every. Lots of people who have done, you know, they've done a marathon or they've got, they're going to be in a situation in a few weeks' time when they've done their main race, particularly at this time of year, because it seems a bit more of a full stop in the, if you've done a big race in the autumn, rather, as opposed to if you were doing one in the spring. The sort of what now question, what now can I do? And that is something that, I mean, it's such an open thing. And it's Sabrina, you know, like you did, now you did London Marathon, didn't you? You did your first London Marathon. Yeah. Now, how did you feel immediately after that? Because you were always saying before that you were never going to do another one. Yeah. So I did London and it was a bucket list thing. And I was like, I'm doing London. I'm doing one marathon in my life. And, and that's it. I'm one and done. And then it was interesting, actually, because I think the biggest thing that I took out is I felt a bit lost afterwards because you had spent and I think I'd been training for a year and a half nearly because I was meant to do it in the April 2020 and obviously got cancelled because of COVID and then in the October. And so you're kind of at a bit of a loss because you've spent all your time, your weekends doing long runs. And although, okay, it takes two, three, four hours, depending on how far you're running, it's the exhaustion that you get from doing it as well. And then, you know, two days later, I've got to go out and run again. Um, And I think what I realised more than anything was I miss the routine. And the my one bit of a or I guess my biggest tip is actually before going and booking another race, which lots of people do, and that's brilliant. And I then went and booked Edinburgh and, and ran that earlier this year. And um, I think it's important to identify what it is that you you like or, or don't like in some instances about doing that training. So hmm. for me, I run for various reasons like all of us do. Um, but it's important for me to get out for my mental health and on a social level as well. So I like being out in the fresh air. I like seeing people, talking to people and doing those things. But routine for me was really, really important. And I remember saying to Chris as a coach, I was like, I just feel lost. Like I've got no routine. I need mm. to, I need a plan because if I've got a plan, I can just tick stuff off, right? And even if I've got to put a cross in it because it doesn't happen, life happens, right? Um, you get sick, you, put, you get busy at work, Toby, um, do sick take It's but, an active like, job that I have to keep up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. But yeah, for me it was routine. So I know that I just need a plan next to me. Even if I'm even if I'm not training for a marathon, mm. it's important for me to have a level of routine to keep. And, and you identifying that, was that an immediate response to sort of like was did that come up in the next sort of like two or three days after you'd crossed the finish line? Or was that something that gradually because I'm sure lots of people yeah. lots of people will have lots of 40 members, lots of other people would have done the marathon and then said, that's it. It seems to me that it's not necessarily the time to make any sort of hard and fast decisions. You have to make it sink in a little bit and have a think about what you're going to do. Oh, absolutely. I think, and there's different things because I think people go, I'm never running again. And then a few days later go, I'm in the ballot for next year. Um, Some people go, I'm never running again and actually take up a different hobby and decide they're going to swim, yoga, whatever it is, start knitting, colouring in, like painting, whatever it is, right? Because it's, you miss filling that time doing something and you found that time. Um, but actually it may not be that running 20, 30, 40 miles a week is is actually what's good for you or what you enjoy doing. But I think it's important to reflect as well and just let your body take that time and recover. Because I think it's not just physically you need to recover. Yes, your muscles are sore and you ache and you need to get back to being feeling like yourself. But mentally mm. I think it takes a lot to recover as well. I don't think we we really realise the impact we, what we put our bodies through doing that training. There's a reason why I think it's only 1% of the population of run a marathon, right? It is really hard on you physically, but mentally as well. That commitment, the exhaustion, the the mind talk of, can I do this? Can't I do it? Especially when it's your, your first one. I had it a lot, which was, I've never run, let alone watch 5k. And I was like, oh my God, I can run 5k. Suddenly you can run 10k. So yeah, I think um, you'll feel all different things, I think, in that first week or even a couple of weeks afterwards around what does this mean? What do I do now? And I think you've just got to 
let your body and your mind recover before you make any rash decisions. Don't start booking, spending hundreds of pounds, booking loads of races and runs because you just think that's the right thing to do. And because you see other people around you doing it. I mean, this is one thing that, you know, all um, all of us have done, you know, we've done more than one marathon and we've booked up for other stuff and yeah. things like that. And it's something that we love doing and we go out and do all the time. But I don't think it should be, I, I don't look down at all on people who sort of like do something like this and then say, that's it. Yeah. I've done that. And I don't think people should be discouraged because I, I just don't think you should, I don't know if you agree with yourself, you should make any sort of hasty decisions in the immediate aftermath of um, when you do a big race. From a, from a coaching to, I think, you know, Sabrina's pretty much got it there. Week or two, it's all about relaxation because you have, you've, you've pushed your body to the limits. Regular two hour, 20 marathon, you are working. And you need to give yourself. Who was it who said his high five was good? Yeah, like too soon. Pushing broadband to the limits, I think. Um, and then, and then, you know, after that, it's time to sit down and review and, and, and work out what that plan looks like. And as sort of Brina says, it doesn't have to be involves running. You know, it could be of, of different things that are going to perhaps fill some of that time. Because the risk is, and I think we've talked about this on the past, is that you know, marathon blues can kick in quite easily. Uh, because we have been so focused for so long on so much routine in terms of days of the week that we're running, but looking after yourself physically, some of the guilt that that intensity of training uh, brings into family life and into work life and, and juggling all those demands. So that's why, you know, when suddenly all that goes, you can feel like you've got a bit of a void. And that's, I guess, where the rush comes to try and fill it with, like, when's the next race? When am I kind of signing up mm. for the next marathon? And for some of us, you know, that works. Um, but it doesn't. it's not going to work for everyone. And what I wouldn't want is conversations too soon. And then six weeks into that, never again. That's it. I've had enough. You know, mm. I just can't face this. I'd rather you take a little bit of time going okay I'm that. yeah that was tough I'd kind of worked so much out of it when I stepped back and looked at the the bigger picture of of what I achieved over that 16 or 18 weeks that yeah I'm, I'm going to give it another go and then I think you're, you're then setting yourself up for a, a better chance of success in whatever that's that onward challenge is but yeah time give yourself a little bit of time no rash decisions yeah, I think um, it's a really good thing, good point as well, Al, is that it's almost like what do you want to get out of that next thing as well? Because for some people it is actually I want to let my I want to relax. I don't want to do anything as intense or as physically demanding. Um, for some people it is actually I really like challenging myself. I like the fact that I've achieved more than I thought I could or I've pushed myself to a limit. Or the flip side is that actually I didn't quite go to plan. My London didn't go to plan last year. And so Edinburgh for me was... I'm going to do it again to prove to myself that I can. Um, so could you just expand on that then? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I did London. And as much as everyone says to you, when you do London, you just need to go out and enjoy it. And did I enjoy it? Yeah, of course I did. And um, there were videos and there's pictures. And I had the pleasure of running with Claire, which was an absolute joy for 26 miles. Um, but did I get the time that I wanted? No. Um, I wanted to run under five hours and I didn't. And is it a bad time? No. Like, I think the more you run as well, you just kind of realise it doesn't matter what time. Like, I look at other people and go, I don't care what time you run. I don't care if it takes you. I have as much respect and pride for those that run a two-hour marathon that those that do a 10-hour marathon, right? Because it's just about what you've done and what you've put yourself through and the achievement is beyond whatever time, right? And that whole finish line not finish time I think is is really true and something that we should all we all have to remember and remind ourselves and each other of um but yeah and I was really disappointed like in the in the few weeks afterwards I was like what happened like on paper there was no reason why I shouldn't have been able to run sub five but it didn't happen um and it's really interesting actually I told somebody the other day I've never worn my London marathon t-shirt because 
I've always felt like, God, it just didn't go to plan and maybe I didn't quite deserve it. And I've got it, but I've never worn it. I know it's mad, isn't it? Because I'm like to everybody else and those people that know me as a as a no, I've never heard this. You know, we, we you know, good friends. I've never heard this story. I've, you've no. never told me this. No, I don't tell people, but I've never worn it. It's in a cupboard and I've never I've never touched it. And I should, I should wear it. So maybe this week on Tuesday night, you'll see me in my. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's time. You know, you've exercised those ghosts by, and then. So, what did you? Do, what was different about your sort of like your preparation for the second one? Then, uh, because think... you were reluctant, you weren't going to do it. No, I wasn't. Uh, I remember, in fact, running with you on a Tuesday night. You, Toby, and Chris surrounding me, going, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're all going to Edinburgh. It's going to be this great weekend." And I was like, and I think it was. I think uh, Toby or Chris said, we'll pay for your ticket. One of them said, we'll pay for the train. And Wilco went, and I'll buy you dinner when we get there. I, like, I don't want you to buy me dinner. I don't want you to buy me the train. I don't want you to pay for the race. I'm not doing it. Um, and then interestingly, I booked it quite quietly. And I didn't really tell anybody when I booked it. I kind of did it. I had to tell Chris because I was like, I booked a coaching call with him. And he was like, what are we doing? And I was like, I'm going to run Edinburgh. Um and then it slowly, slowly came out as I started training because everyone went, why are you putting in these long miles all of a sudden? What's mm. And you told Chris, let's be honest about this. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you want a secret set, there's, there's one person you don't. Yeah, you might as well have put an advert in the Daily Mirror, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Front page of the sun. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, what was different the second time? I think I, think I was more relaxed about it. I think I am... Um, I knew that if it went to plan great, if it didn't, it also doesn't matter, right? And mm-hmm. I think you, the more you run, and I think I was on the journey to becoming a coach at that point as well, and you just, your mindset shifts a bit, or it did for me, which was, it's okay. And um, you, I've always had this view that you respect the training and you respect the plan, right? Whatever you're doing, whatever your plan is, whether it's a, and whether you're doing a six or eight week taper like Toby, or whether you're actually doing a, a 16 week proper training plan, you, you commit to what you're doing, right? Um, but also, you then you get to a day, you wake up with a fresh mind, and you just go, right, I'm just going to go and enjoy it. And I think that mindset, I remember setting off with Gemma, I had a lovely 11 miles with her, and then she went off, and I just went, Do you know what, I'm just going to enjoy this, and I'm going to get round one way or another, and it will be what it will be. But I think it's really important. To- Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Take, your pre- take the pressure off yourself, and whether that's in the training, um, that you will miss runs. I don't know anybody that has done a 16, 18, 20-week, however long it is, training block and done every single run and every single session on that plan, right? Life happens around us. We we work, we're busy, you get sick, you get an injury, whatever it is, right? And I think you almost relax a bit because I think the first time I was like, oh, my God, I haven't ticked off these three miles or I've only done four miles instead of the six miles it said and this is going to make a difference. Whereas you go, actually... I'm doing the miles, I'm running, my legs are ticking over. It's okay if you miss a few weeks. It's right. the benefit of that experience, isn't it? You've got- Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers Archfit Footwear. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Archfit Footwear, ah, I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favourite trainers. You see, Skechers Archfit are great for virtually everybody. ArchFit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist certified arch support and all day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers ArchFit. Find Skechers ArchFit footwear for men and women everywhere. Al, this, um, you're off to Amsterdam next week. So your preparations for that one is 
a little bit unusual. Mainly, I mean, it's you know, around London, 26.2 preparations for Amsterdam, then it, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so just, just talk us through. So, you're you've obviously you, you did um London on Sunday, and yeah, a week on Sunday, you're going to be doing another marathon in Amsterdam, yes, yeah, so, so um, two marathons. So how did that – is that – that's not by design, this? That, was never, that wasn't planned. This will, By the time we finish Amsterdam, I'll have done four marathons this year, and they're all rollover marathons. So it's, it's a question mm. of, you know, these are all happening. You know, you've got to do them, just jump in. And, and obviously the way marathon season's set up, it, it's worked out two in the spring and, and two in the autumn. Um, in terms of how to tackle them, it has – you know, um, you kind of want London to be your PB just because it's your home. There's a, a kind of excitement. Um, twice, it's probably never going to be a BP, a PB course for many of us because London is what it is. It is mm. such an amazing day yeah. that you, you've just got so much more to contend with. You know, if you look at the things that, that we encountered, uh, on the day, you can't, uh, People may know that I've been trained as um, been pushing an amazing cause run for Dan, trying to raise funds for defibrillators um, in and around Essex because of the sad loss of his of his son. Um, he was in the different location, different times, but we had a plan to meet at mile four. About 10 minutes into my run, he rings me and said, uh, um, it's not quite going to call kind of things you just can't, you know, uh, plan for in your training in front of him and he ended up in his first 5k helping this guy get into recovery position and you know where's that in the, the training plan and when things like that happen you know you just have to adapt and you know he lost a bit of time I just said to him calm down you know slow it down I'm trying to run as fast as I can to catch that thing I don't want that pushing you off course in terms of your emotions being all over the place, um, mm. you know. Then you're on you're on the middle of 26 miles. You pick up a little strain. So Quinny said to me at mile eight, at nine, how are you going? I said a little bit puffy, um, but you're in the middle of a marathon. You're not going to stop, are you? If it was a training plan, mm. you'd ease off. You turn around, you go home, you go to the coffee shop, but you're in the middle of a blooming marathon. So you have to push on. By mile 19, my hamstrings were knackered. Um, and again, it's those kind of things that you can't plan for and you can't practice and you just have to adapt on the day. It's, it's how you deal with it. And I think mm-hmm. that's where, you know, Sabrina's already picked up on lots of people come back and want a second and third go because you can't. Um, so for me, the learns from some of those is Amsterdam will be what it will be. You know, I'm not going mm-hmm. with any time in mind now, you know. I was grateful to get round London. Again, wasn't the time I wanted. Um, I can look back at it now and go, I had an amazing day. Um, but that was because of what London was. It wasn't because of how my training had delivered an outcome. It was just I was in the middle of a fantastic day. Mm-hmm. Those crowds were just something unbelievable in terms of the support from beginning to end. Um, and I will treasure that. You know, And I am wearing my T-shirt and my medal because I am proud to have been part of that albeit it was my second slowest marathon. You know, mm. I cried for most of the second half of the race because the atmosphere, phenomenal. And then thinking about what Quinny had done, and then there was another chap I met on course, Dan Frost. Uh, he's emailed the show before, and we've, we've read out you know, his situation. He lost his wife to breast cancer. He met me you know, just before Tower Bridge, and we had a little chat. And that takes something out of you, both of you. Mm. You know, you don't train to have an emotional conversation two hours into a marathon. Mm. But it was fantastic. Each other well, and then we saw a couple, each other a couple of times on the course. And, you know, these things just happen on marathon day. And it's how you deal with them on the day determines how successful you are in your race. But even if you don't get the time, they create memories that the t-shirt and the medal will eventually wear out but hopefully those memories will stick along a little bit longer and you've Um, you've had time to sort of reflect on that these are these are thoughts that come to you sort of like you know when you you didn't think this when you were going along the mall 
you know, you think about, you thought about this later on when you've got. Uh, the only thing I was on the mail is I ain't bloody walking. I ain't bloody walking. I'm going to run as fast as I can. I don't care. I'm not walking down the mail. Um, and, and I didn't, which is great. But yeah, you're right. You know, it's it's taking something away from it. So then, feeding that into the next marathon just happens to be in two weeks' time. It's it's just you know, be more open to what happens. You know, yeah, have a plan, have your gold, silver, and bronze times because that will help you adapt. But actually, something's probably going to happen that you haven't thought of or trained for, and it's how you respond to that. You know, that will you know make or break your marathon day and that's kind of what i'm looking forward to now you know amsterdam i have never been um there is a, a fair 40 posse going so there's there's the chances are because that's the one thing about london particularly with all those charity bibs it's a lot bloody harder to spot all the 40s so mm. uh, they were in there but they were harder to spot and i'm, I'm sure the volleys uh, had some issues missing a few people because they didn't see the the pink the pink and the the rhubarb and custard but you know, Amsterdam. You know, hopefully, I'll be running with a with a few foldies, and that will just make for a different kind of day. So, yeah, absolutely over London. Loved it, and really looking forward now. You know, injury permitting to having a a decent run. You know, not putting. Are you are you glad that it's so immediate? Yeah, I think so in some ways because for me personally, um, and again, I've spoken about that kind of competitive streak and everything that drives me forward. Um, to have a long gap probably would have just eaten me up a little bit in terms of that self-doubt uh, creeping in. Yeah, I know it's not going to be pretty on Sunday week. You know, literally just been out for a run tonight and it was aching more than it should be on a six-miler. But it's a chance to kind of, of, of tackle it. And as long as I go with a different mindset and I go a little bit more open and a little bit, little bit more accepting of, of what happens on the day, it will be just cracked another marathon, you know, two in two weeks. Yeah. Who cares what time? Which will be, which will be another sort of, um, you know, that'll be a landmark because you've done a few sort of, you've done a couple that are sort of like within sort of like small timeframes, haven't you? So so Brighton Copenhagen this year was five weeks, which was, yeah, that felt okay. You know, I went into Brighton undercooked, but I knew that because I kind of set the plan up for Copenhagen. So giving Brighton a go 12 weeks into a plan, you knew you weren't going to be polished and ready for that one. And then back in 2019, because I didn't think I was going to get into London, I signed up to Manchester, then got into London. You think, oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just give it a grow. Um, but my running was at a different level then. So um, they're not really comparable. So this will be the first time where, you know, you're suddenly watching those guys that have done 50 marathons in 50 weeks, like Lee Ramsey and, you know, mm. people that have done 11 marathons in 11 days, and you go, I don't know how you get out of bed on day seven. You know, I really don't know how you get out of bed on day seven. Because <laughs> I struggled to get out of bed on day seven, and that was only after one marathon, let yeah. alone. <laughs> I think so, there's a mental thing as well, and Wilco, you've said this before, which is not every run needs to be a race, right? You don't have to go into it thinking you've got to hit a time, it's got to be uber competitive. For some people, that helps, right? But actually, just thinking, I'm just going to have a lovely run. I'm going to see a different city, a different place, run with some new people, just taking the atmosphere. I think just that mindset as well really helps sometimes. When, And I think I've been trying, people will know on here, um, I've been trying to crack that sub two half and it just hasn't happened this year. But for, I think for the first time this year, I'm probably going to a half this weekend with no expectation. I've got no intention of even going anywhere near it. I'm going just to have a nice run, if I'm honest. I'm going to run with Petra. The boys have got Amsterdam. Getting grounded under two hours. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yeah, on a, on a good day. But um, just knowing that you haven't got a – it hasn't got to be a race. Like Al said, it, it is – you learn. You learn from every run um, and every event you go to. But I think that mindset as well, I think sometimes it's really important just to go, do you know what, I'm just going to go and enjoy this. I think when you do first complete a landmark race, where you know we're talking sort of you know well any sort of distance, but particularly a half marathon or a marathon, after you've done one, you're either going to say right, that's it, I've done that, I can tick that off, or you're going to say, or you're going to think, where can I, where can I go from here? Because I'm very much like you. I mean, I did. Um, I've got three weeks to go till Dublin, which will be my third one, and when I started my plan. Like the two weeks before my plan, I was itching to get going because I'm thinking I just need structure. 
I'm, I, I'm not saying because we do the Tuesday sessions and I'm doing stuff on Wednesday, things like that. But I just felt that I was floating. Yeah. You know, I didn't really have a particular aim or I don't, it doesn't need to be a grand target, but I think it, you do undoubtedly you benefit if you've got something in mind, yeah. some sort of big event. What do you yeah. think, Tobe? I think it is, yeah. I think, I think going on from what I'm saying, I think that first one you always try and get it out of the way. You, sort of, you always have a target and you've got to do it. And then I think you, you do learn an awful lot. Um, and then you go into the next with a lot more of an open mind. And it's that thing about the training. You realise if you miss a couple of runs, of it, it really doesn't matter. So, yeah, I think, it, that's, I think that's why I sort of enjoy the amount of like Amsterdam I've got literally no expectation of i mean i don't even think i've really trained for the last since since edinburgh to be honest with you so um but yeah as you say it's keeping it all open isn't it and just going and enjoy we'll get it. something on the saturday night to calm you down if you know what i mean <laughs> so you I'm won't really right. care what's happening on the sunday morning we can't have been calm in this can we have we, had any, um, have we had any sort of observations from the floor? Any um, people been chipping in and stuff? Uh, a few people have, have kind of just commented that, uh, yeah, they've, they've had their, their London experiences um, this year. Um, before I forget, I just want to give a massive shout out to two parts of, of, of Sunday's experience that was blooming awesome. So first up, Paul Lost managed to pull together the most epic of volunteering teams to be on the um, Blackheath bag drop. So they were uh, in charge of looking after your personal belongings. Um, and they got to play out on the bungee ropes that uh, attach people to the, that looked a great fun. But I think, you know, having a team that knew each other, that understood what all those runners were going through and helped calm people down and, you know, sorted out all their little issues to help them go into that race made a massive difference. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, it sounds like, you know, everyone should sign up to do that. It sounds like if you can't run it, it's the next best experience to be involved at Blackheath or Greenwich at the start when everyone's just super pumped and super excited. And then a shout out to the cheer squad themselves. Um, mile 19. Um, I, I honestly don't know who was there, but that's because I was delirious at that point in terms of trying to cope with my dodgy knee, my right hip and my hamstring and everything else. So I've got a bit of a blank about who I saw at, at mile 19, but all I know is when I saw them, it hit me literally emotionally to the point where I had to stop and have a little cry. Uh, and I know lots of people when they got to mile 19, because you know that's going to hurt at that point, you know, no matter what you train and what you say, mile 19, mile 20, it's not quite close enough to get home yet. Mm. So it's it's starting to play with your mind. They were just out of this world, you know. Um, and I'm getting slightly choked thinking about it now because I know they did that for four or five hours solid, you know. So Speedy Michael Wilkes went through probably just after – Kit Chogi, oh, no, he wasn't running, was he? Um, <laughs> but daily. Um, and then they would, have, they would have been out there, you know, all the way to the, the bitter end. And, and knowing that was there at mile 19 was something really motivating and, and spurring to keep you going. Um, so, again, if you can't run it, you can take part and enjoy the London mm. Marathon experience by being there in some shape or form. So don't feel just if the ballot gods are not with you, in the next few weeks that uh, that's your chance is gone find another well, we'll way. talk about you know we'll talk about that in a second once you've just sort of like if we can just rattle through have you got any sort of like comments or questions that have come up or you want to go straight into questions because we're we're kind of yeah why not Let's we're, have some we're, 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 we're moving away from the marathon and we're going completely to the other extreme so gary bezik good on you gary he's running his first park run tomorrow yeah um going to harlow I'm not going there. I'm oh. going to Suffolk somewhere. But if anyone's in the Arlow area, say hello to Gary. What tips or advice have we got for him? I've got a well, simple one. Get there early. Check out the toilets. You know, find out where the coffee is. Get the important things out of the way. I don't say toilets are, though. Well, Harlow. So I know Harlow pretty right. well. 
Um, there is a car park, which I think you can park in for free for a couple of hours. Um, but it does get busy, so I'd get there before about 8.40. Um, there is a coffee, like a little cafe in the park, not too far from where you kind of start and finish. Um, it is a, I'd say it's a challenging course. It's not flat. Um, they have changed to the winter course now, so you do miss the kind of quite steep hill on the grass. But Toby's shaking his head. Um, but the rest of it is still pretty uh, pretty rolling, I'd say. So, But um, they are lovely down there. There'll be loads of support, and it's quite a busy one. So, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, you'll have a great time. I've done Harlow a couple of times. It's fine. You'll have a great time. We wish you all Ooh. the best for that. I mean, it's a, it's great, you know, it's a great... Don't forget your barcode. Yeah. Don't forget your first park run, not to be your first park run because you've forgotten your barcode. So, And there's also loads of places to get food afterwards. Yeah. I see about Harlow, really, isn't it? Go and enjoy it. You know, um, yeah. doesn't matter what your pace is. You know, we've spoken at length about the beauty of Park Run. It is there for every runner and, and now every walker. So just just go and have some fun. And I think I think a lot of the stuff that's come out, like we saw at the marathon, you know, lots of support for everybody else, and um, the yeah. fact that people who you know it doesn't matter, you know, people feeling just as proud of people doing three hours as doing ten hours and things like that. That's the park run mentality. I think that's just come into the, that. Yeah. I think people come into the running community with this sort of ethos, and that's now coming into sort of like these big events and things like that. And that can only be a good thing. I think. And, and if you enjoy it, Gary, come back and we'll tell you about the alphabet challenge, the seven seas, the pirates challenge and international mm. tourism and extreme park. Gary, this is a small acorn from which a yeah. huge oak. Be careful. This, this literally change your life tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Depending on how yeah. it goes. I used to be like this. Yeah. And now I'm sort of like looking across the room at sort of eight pairs of trainers. Only eight. One park run. How many brooks in that collection? Oh no, they've been banished, mate. They've gone. Out of house. Yeah, my dad's wearing them. Walk the dog. <laughs> so, got a few more questions. Paul Marcus wants to know what recommendations, what tips we've got for high vis reflective wear now that uh, we're probably running out in the dark or the early mornings. And well, first the- of all, it's crucial, you know, to have wear lights. Um, for represent like a, I've got a, um, I've got a jacket for when it's really cold, a 40, 40 reflective jacket, which is brilliant. And I've got a pro viz, um, gilet, which I wear. Um, they're not cheap. I didn't get much change out of about 45 quid, but I wear it all the time when I'm out running in the winter, I get my money's worth out of it. Mm. And I, you know, I just see the sight of people running in the dark in black, headphones on, inviting themselves to get run over. You know, please, please just get yeah. some hybrid stuff and make sure you wear it. Because you can get chest light really good. You can get them on Amazon for about 10, 15 quid, head torch, anything like that. You know, I've got, I'll tell you what I've got as well. I've got a, um, a hat with a light in it. You can get those in um, on Amazon as well. They're really good, like beanie hats or when it gets a bit colder. Yeah. They're really good too. They're Mine was about a tenner. The, um, the chest light is my top tip. The satellite groups that I uh, coach at and we have down here get sent the link probably at least once a week as soon as we start getting into winter. Um, but they're USB charging and it is definitely worth investing in one. I think I've had mine about three years now and it's still going. So um, I know stuff's cheap and the cost of living and all that's going up. But if you're going to invest in one thing, something decent high-vis or a light that you can wear, and, and you will, you know, you will use it. You will. Yeah, and, yeah. and a number of brands now are building in the high-vis into the, the regular running kit anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, increasingly shorts and even socks and, you know, your, your outer layers have got strips and fluorescence. So that all helps to make you as, as visible as possible. So you don't have to go to, you know, the Pro-Vis is a, is a great brand and they do some fantastic gear. Um, but as you said, Wilco, it can be quite pricey if you, you, you start layering up in that stuff shopping smartly and and kind of looking at the the technical specifications and you might surprise yourself that that some of your kits already got some of that available for you but get the lights you know um make yourself visible front and back so quite mm. often 
people yeah. wear a head torch, which is great. I personally don't really get on with a head torch, which is fine if someone's coming towards you, but doesn't help if you know they're behind you. So make sure you're lit front and back. Yeah, the chest torch is a massive. So if you're going to get one thing to go out, get a chest torch. Yeah, and wear light clothes if you if you can't. You know if. Um, the fluorescent stuff, you know, is a bit pricey and stuff like that. You know, if you do find that, if you if you got the choice, get a chest torch. Yeah, that's what I'd say. So all this marathon talk seems to have inspired a uh, Facebook user hasn't told us who they are who's doing their first marathon in March in Barcelona. Oh, so nice. they're currently running twenty five miles a week. What advice have we got from guys and girls? Keep going. Yeah, uh, keep going and build it up slowly. So I think uh, you can. It's quite easy just to go, right, I'm going to start running 25 miles a week or 30 miles a week. But that gradual, there's a plan for a reason. They last 16, 18, 20 weeks for a reason. Don't try and do everything on day one. So if you're already on 25 miles a week now, you've got a really solid base. So, yeah. Is that what you concentrate on now? Just sort of like get get in that base until you get to the sort of like four months away from race day and then. Yeah, I was trying to do my maths working back from March, depending on whether it's beginning of March or the end of March. You've He's still got, got a month to go, bit. probably, isn't he? Yeah, as I say, you've still got plenty of time before you, you should start thinking about putting some structure into your training. So, obviously, we can't tell from, from what you've said in terms of what that 25 miles looked like, whether that's, you know, six or seven 5Ks or just going out and smashing one, <laughs> one long run on a Sunday. Um, so structure is key and consistency is key. And that's where the training plan hopefully will help. Um, think about the number of days you can commit to running. I think we've all kind of expressed today, marathon training is a big commitment. And it's, it's a bigger commitment than just the physical number of hours that you're on your feet actually training. Because every, everything that kind of goes in that prep, recovery, and even the, the mindset issues that will, will play across a, a training plan. Um, we've spoken at length before about mixing it up in terms of you are doing a, a mixture of types of runs. So, um, yeah, you need to learn to, to run the long distance because 26 miles is a long way and your long slow runs are there for a purpose. But you also need to build in your intervals. You need to do your speed work. You need to do a little bit of cross training and strength. So that all sounds quite daunting. Mm. But um, where you're at, you've got plenty of time to slowly build. You know, so it's not about mm. right. Okay, I need to suddenly go to 50 miles and, and do uh, that. And I'd imagine the way that they're talking about doing 25 miles a week and things like that, they've probably had some um, some half decent sort of half marathon efforts and things like that, and they know what works for them, and just sort of like keep ticking along. Doing the stuff that you enjoy that has reaped benefits in the it's, past. Yeah, it's, for me, when I when I have a client come to me and they they ask that question, "What should I do about races while I'm training?" I say, "Do it." You know, within reason. If it's going to be something that you enjoy doing, it's going to help the motivation. Um, you, if you're out on a long slow run that week and it's supposed to be twelve or forty miles, and you can find a half marathon where you get a t-shirt and a medal, hopefully not a wooden one. You know, that's going to encourage you to get out and do it. Um, again, racing will allow you to try different tactics and techniques during a run, whether you're trying to, you know, up it for a bit of goal pace or, you know, hit a new threshold pace. So, you know, races, I think, you know, can work, but don't get obsessed by them. You know, yeah. don't think you've got a race every weekend because you'll miss some of the key things about running long and slow. And then we'll talk to you about the 80-20 rule and the grey zone in a few weeks' oh, time. Oh, yeah. We'll bore you rigid. We'll tell you all sorts of stuff. I'm glad you think it's that boring, Wilco. Thank you. For no, that. it's not. Well, no, it's comprehensive. I mean, it's... I like that. The thing, what, what's I'm good about this is that you can put in as much as you like. You can you, know, you can really dive in and get into all sorts of stuff. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, now, oh, just a quick reminder, you've got an hour and four minutes, if you're watching live, to get your ballot in. Yeah. For the London Marathon. Um, what I would say is if you're doing um, – you're about a 25 to one shot to get in via the ballot. So if you really fancy doing a marathon, my big bit of advice would be there's plenty of others out there. You can go to different places and do plenty of other marathons. So I would um, – you know, I would – 
don't get too downhearted. If it, London's not the only race in the world, you can still right, go out. And join me at the Olympics in 2024. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't cram a few in before that, mate. Uh, is there anything else? Anything else on the floor? There's a question just come up, actually, which is uh, from Redman Tech. So what's the consensus on the move to paper cups at races? Um, aside from the eco angle, which we've spoken about before, uh, and the practicality of the cups, are people now considering bringing their own water in soft flasks? What are you guys doing? What's the... I do um, like a bottle. Was the... Um, I like to... Because I don't... I don't... What I do is I'll pick... If I go to... If I'm at a... Uh, get to a drink station, I'll pick the water up and I will carry it with me for sort of like the next sort of distance and then drink it when I feel mm. that I need to have it. And... If I get if I've got half a bottle left by the time I get to the next drink station, you know I'll empty it there and then I'll pick up a fresh one and go. So I've always done, got one. But paper cups is that's obviously much more difficult. I think especially on longer races, where when when you got to think more about fueling, is that thing is not often that a, a drink station will come up when you're looking at your gelling and stuff like that, and you want water. So so yeah, having that that bottle you can carry, for, you know, even if it's a mile or so, is quite useful. I mean um, people. People might say from an environmental point of view that I'd be better off wearing a hydration vest and then had to carry my own water. And, yeah. you know, that is, and which is a valid, uh, which is a valid yeah. point. Yeah, I think what it's all about recycling, isn't it? But, you know, you can recycle plastic. It's not necessarily the easiest way. Um, not all cups are recyclable. I think it's quite interesting. So it'd be interesting to see if these cups are recyclable. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not actually organised enough to check what kind of water's on sort on the course anyway. So it's, it's, it's a job just to get out of bed in the morning, really. Isn't find, it? it is. Yeah, I'll find out when I get there. I mean, it's a nice surprise, isn't it? You don't want to know everything. It make it a bit, you know, a bit boring. <laughs> just to be clear, on Sunday it's cups, Toby. Paper cups. Right. Are they half full or full full? <laughs> so no, I haven't. You find out when you get there. Yeah. No, and it's, it's said quite a lot as well. It's cups. You can you can walk for a water station. It's not gonna. To, to have a little drink it's not really going to affect your, your time yeah so well folks we've done nearly an hour yeah. well i'd like to think i'd like to hope that we've um, offered some value and um, given you a few sort of like thoughts for those of you who have done a big race or on the verge of doing a big race about what might happen next and what you what might go through your mind and um hopefully we've given you some sage advice that you'll be able to act upon um thanks so much sabrina thanks al Good luck for Amsterdam. Thank you. Um, we will um, we will be back next week at seven o'clock. You can catch us live on uh, YouTube and Facebook. We're hoping to have a special guest to talk about um, her um, experience at the marathon next week. We'll have a bit of chat about that, but um, we should know more about that in the week. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to confirm that soon. Um, if you do not manage to catch us live, you can download us on your favourite podcast provider of choice. So we're on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else that you can uh, manage to get to it. Thank you very much, um, Toby, looking after the technical side. Thank you very much to our sponsors, Sketches, for all their support. Um, don't forget, you can get your Start Fitness uh, discount and your National Running Show tickets because, you know, well, we're all getting already getting excited about that. So... Yeah. Uh, we shall um, be putting our plans in place for that soon. So uh, we'd love to see you there. So uh, you can get your tickets. Um, best of luck wherever you're running this week, Royal Parks or Park Run or wherever you are. Chicago. Windy Chicago. Sunday. Yeah, there's people in Chicago apparently, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. You know, we wish you all the best and have a great weekend's running. Take care. Be seen. Get yourself a chest torch. And we shall see you next week. So, titles, please, mate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 